Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. If the Lord were to allow you to see, you would see that He is observing. His angels are in this place observing how we will respond to His Spirit, to His presence, to His purpose. Amen. As you're returning to your seats, I'm going to read one verse of Scripture as your text. You can just remain sitting just a few seconds longer. Psalm 148 and verse 14. It's on the screen if you can't get to it fast enough. 148 verse 14. The he here in this verse is the Lord, God himself. He also exalts the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, even of the children of Israel, a people near unto him, praise the Lord. For just a few minutes, I want to preach what the Lord spoke to my spirit early last week, and that is this title, Displaying God's Dominion. Displaying God's dominion. Father, you are the living word. I ask now that you make my tongue the pen of a ready writer. Speak both your logos and your rima to your church. Open our understanding that we might comprehend the scripture. Cause every hindrance to be rebuked and cast out. Bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And as you have written your new covenant upon our hearts, so write this message today upon our hearts. And we pray it all. In the majestic and marvelous and magnificent name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And would you lift up a resounding praise to the one true God who is worthy. You may be seated in the name of the Lord Jesus. Fair warning. I'm going to say some things today that may shock and surprise you. I'm going to preach some things today that potentially has the possibility of uh, shaking up your preconceived ideas of what church is, what God's purpose is. But I will tell you, I will preach only that which the Lord has given me. I will preach only that which the Lord prompts me while I'm preaching, and I will preach only that which His Word affirms. I have, since I started preaching, been trained and taught not to preach opinion, not to preach tradition, not to preach uh, anything that is contrary to the Word. I respect this sacred desk. I respect this office uh, that God has called me to for His church and to serve it. At the end of the day, this is His church. Christ is the head of this church. And so as the attorney answers to the Bar Association and the doctor's uh, answer to the uh, um, uh, journal, Amer you know, the uh, tribunals that would be put together to, to uh, you know, hold them accountable, uh, so I answer to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Uh, yes, there's a district board. Yes, there's a general board. I get all of that. But I answer to him, and I, and I come today with that sense of awe and reverence for who he is in his word. But I cannot not preach it. For as Paul said, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Hallelujah. Fifty of the Psalms, exactly one-third of them, are by unknown psalmist. And I sure would love to know who wrote the 148th Psalm. Because as I went into my study this Monday, as is my custom and practice, and begin to pray and study and pour my heart into the Word and empty myself of me so God could fill him, me up with Him and His Word, I begin to see things in this psalm that I had never before in my life ever seen. Number one, God displays His dominion in the heavens. The verse One begins saying, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you stars of light. Praise Him, you heaven of heavens and you waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord for He commanded and they were created. He has also established them forever and ever. He has made a decree which shall not pass. And so the dominion of God is displayed in the heavens, uh, the galaxies, the stars, the angels, the sun, the moon, the unseen heavens of heavens uh, that we can only observe through telescopes and things and the waters that are all above them. God simply spoke and they were created and they were created to bring him glory. They were created to display his dominion. If you've ever seen the aurora borealis, if you've ever observed the beauty of creation in any way, shape, form, or fashion, a sunrise, sunset, a full moon, half moon, whatever, any time you've done that, you have observed the displaying of the dominion of God. Ah, when you are, uh, if we were to be able to uh, traverse into outer space and and be able to see uh, uh, with that naked eye beyond pollution and, and see the great grandeur of the world beyond, it would display His beauty and His dominion. Oh, hallelujah. And the Bible tells us God established them forever. His dominion holds them together in space. So I believe that I have the right to say according to Scripture that God is the gravitational pull of the solar system. God Himself is the one who with His right hand, as we sang about a moment ago, done great things. No wonder Solomon said, and the house which I build is great, for great is our God above all gods. But who is able to build him a house seeing the heaven and the heavens of heavens cannot contain him? Can I tell you, creation displays the glory and the splendor and the majesty and the dominion of God. When you observe it, you see 
God. When you see the moon in all of its cycles, you see the majesty of God's dominion. When you feel the brush of angels' wings, you are realizing the peace and the power and the protection of God, understanding His dominion. When you feel and see the hosts of heaven proclaiming His splendor, you're seeing the dominion of God. Contrary to Hollywood, Washington, and anything or anyone else trying to convince everyone that ice caps are melting and ozones are depleting and sun is going to burn out and we've only got a few years left, God's word decrees otherwise. Yes. Eventually, this earth and this heaven will melt with fervent heat and he'll create new heavens and new earth, but not until he says to. Listen, I'm tired of, 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 of people falling headlong, headstrong into whatever associates with their bias. We've got to get back to what the Word of God says. We've got to get back to what the Word of God teaches. We've got to elevate it to the preeminence that God is and has for His Word. It is not on the same level as science. It is not on the same level as history. It is not on the same level as any other leader, hero, or person. God is preeminent and His Word is infallible. Period. End of story. Amen. You see, nothing will stop what God and His dominion have created. Isaiah 14, 27. For the Lord of hosts has purposed. Who shall annul it? And His hand is stretched out. And who shall turn it back? Oh, somebody say thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 55, 10, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not there but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. Hallelujah. You see here that God's word is also perpetual. It's seed to the sower and bread to the eater. In other words, it'll feed you daily and it'll feed you forever. Oh, hallelujah. Maybe that's why we need to be praying, uh, give us this day our daily bread. Oh, hallelujah. I don't want yesterday's bread. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hot up here under these lights. Thank you, Jesus. Those who attempt to use false science and anti-biblical theories to hypothesize God out of the equation are professing themselves to be wise, but they're becoming fools. These atheistic and agnostic believers who are changing the glory of the incorruptible God into images and ideas that are corrupt, amen, they're changing the word of God that is true into a lie. They're worshiping and serving the creature more than the creator. But with all of their philosophies, with all of their degrees, with all of their influence, with all of their money, with all of their power and authority, they will never, ever change the dominion of God. 
Their futile attempts are equivalent to taking a mop bucket down to the beach and attempting to soak up the waters of the ocean. It just ain't going to happen. It's impossible to override and overrule the dominion of God. That's why I said Wednesday night that the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ is unstoppable and the kingdom of God is unshakable. Therefore, I'm putting all of my trust in the one true God. The next thing we see in this psalm is that God displays His dominion in the earth. Verses 7 through 10, Praise the Lord from the earth, you dragons and all deeps, fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling His word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl. Equal to the heavens, equal to all that is beyond known or unknown. God's dominion reigns over the earth and all created things on the earth. When you observe animals, small or great, a squirrel, a squirrel scurrying across the field, up a tree, you're seeing the dominion of God. When you see the beautiful elk grace the, the countryside and walk out of the woods, you're observing the glory of God. Hallelujah. When the storms blow in, So many times we're quick to say, oh, it's raining. Oh, it's snowing. Oh, it's getting cold. Maybe next time, me included, we ought to say, oh, the dominion of God. Because the stormy wind is fulfilling his word. It's just doing what the master said to do. And I might add, we could learn from it. When weather Uh, does its thing when it unleashes its fury observe the omnipotent dominion of God when you ascend to the mountains and see the beautiful views or you rest in the lush valleys or the plains when you breathe in what the trees are breathing out you are realizing the majestic dominion of God and creation obeys the word of God. The same God that told the storm to blow was the same God that came walking on the waves. The Bible tells us that he would have gone past them. He was walking maybe this far from Brother Jeff on top of the very thing that was plaguing them. And somebody in the boat noticed, hey, I wonder if that's Jesus. And he called out, can I tell you, he's walking on top of the very thing that's troubling you. In that account, when Jesus and Peter got back in the boat, the Bible says that the storm stopped. He didn't have to say anything that time. We know of at least one other time that he said, peace be still. And so the same storm that obeyed him to blow, obeyed him when he said to be peaceful. That's the power and dominion of God. Why? Because the creator spoke. For when God speaks, something always happens. The Bible says in Acts 9, 34, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. 
Does anybody want to receive that word right now? Jesus Christ makes you whole in the name of Jesus. Come on, let that word be spoken and receive it in Jesus' name. By the way, when you say amen or preach it or come on or, or you know, some other variation of what we say when we're saying quote-unquote amen, it is not some sort of Pentecostal uh, call and response, you know. I know that maybe other denominations or churches do not do it and may find it odd or weird or, or whatever, but it's, it's not just because we are Pentecostals and believe in, in the move of the Spirit. It comes from Nehemiah. When they said amen to the preached word, what they were saying was, I'm in alignment with God, I'm in alignment with the word, and I'm in alignment with the preacher. So when you're standing up on your feet saying, come on, preach it, clap on your hands, when you're saying amen, when you're saying go ahead, preacher, whatever variation you're doing, you're saying I'm in alignment with God, I'm in alignment with his word, and I'm in alignment with the preached word of God. Watch, watch, watch. Watch this. There's a third part. I built you up to this. All of that, you're probably like, yeah, that's good. A few bold things. Challenging science, yeah, a few bold things. But now, when get your harnesses on. You're locked in. Everybody signs your waiver, right? Get your crash helmets on. Everybody ready? You ever been in those roller coasters that you're sitting there, and all of a sudden, it just kind of, I was in one one time. And they said, now this is going to launch, and you're going to feel it. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know, I'm just waiting, you know. All of a sudden, I'm back against the back of the thing. I'm like, oh, Lord. And it shot out, and then it went straight up. I was like, oh, dear Jesus. And then it crested. And then when it released, oh, hallelujah. Was it last summer or the summer before, Shannon, that we went to Kansas City? Was it 21? So 21, we took a little mini vacation, and we drove by Worlds of Fun, and Brooklyn says, I, said, I just said, hey, you guys want to go to Worlds of Fun tomorrow? And she goes, only if you ride the rides with me. And like a good dad, I spoke before I thought, yeah, sure. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> we, we got in this one. And, and, and you sit down, this thing comes down. Whoa, this strap comes up in between. I'm like, oh, boy. And, and, then, the, and then the bottom dropped out, and your feet are dangling. I'm like, oh, hallelujah. Woo! And we went upside down and inside out and round and round, and I'm like, Jesus, get me off of this thing. All right, so you get the image. Well, I hope you're I hope you're buckled in because here we go. Verse eleven, Psalm one forty eight. Kings of the earth and all people, princes and all judges of the earth, both men and maidens, old and men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is excellent, his glory is above the earth and heaven. He exalts the horn of his people, the praise of all his saints, even of the children of Israel, people near unto him, praise the Lord. Can I tell you it is God that sets up and takes down leaders? Listen, go vote. 
Seriously, go vote. Vote for whomever you want. More power to you. I, I believe in that. And I'm not trying to be coy or stupid. Go vote. But the point is God is setting them up and taking them down. And I know we can get all bunch of conspiracy theories going on in our brain. Well, they did this, and well, they did that, and they didn't do this, and this one did that. The Bible says God sets them up and takes them down. I'm going to go with the Bible because God can't lie. His dominion is seen through humanity throughout, even those who deny his existence. Read Daniel. Even them who would deny his existence, God proves himself and is in dominion over them. Even those who reject his authority, ask Israel. And again, the futility of rejecting God is equal to trying to use a mop bucket to soak up the waters of the ocean. You can try, but you'll miserably fail. God's name is the only one that is excellent. His glory is above the heaven and earth. There's no other God besides Almighty God, Jesus Christ. He is the only one of an only kind. He is the wellspring of wisdom. He is the gateway of glory. He is the pathway of peace. He is the doorway of deliverance. He is the highway of holiness. He is the roadway of righteousness. He always was and he always will be. Be, you can't outlive him and you can't live without him. But I've come to give you another reality of God that either by their own free will or by their, uh, the word of the Lord, everyone will confess and proclaim the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. Look at Psalm 148, 13. Let them, everyone he's just mentioned, kings and people and princes and judges and elders and children, all all people, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is excellent. His glory is above the earth and heaven. The Bible lets us know in Philippians that every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord God Almighty. Regardless of their status, regardless whether they believed in Him or not, regardless whether they obeyed the Word or not, everyone's going to bow and confess that He's the Lord. Here's the difference. Some people are going to do it willingly and fall to their knees and say, yes, you're the Lord of lords. You're the King of kings. But others, by the very word of God, because it's written and forever settled, they will be forced by the sheer power of God to fall to their knees and say, yes, you are Lord. I want to be in the number that is doing it of my own free will. I want to be in the number that says, God, your word doesn't have to force me.
Hallelujah. Let's receive that in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so along with that word, let me say this. You'll either obey the word of the Lord to praise his name willingly or by force from the word of God. So choose wisely. But there's one more thing God has told me to come and preach to you today. It stems from the verse, the only verse that I used for our initial text, Psalm 148, verse 14. Would you put that up again, please? He, he being God, also exalts the horn of his people. The praise of all his saints, even of the children of Israel, people near to him, praise the Lord. The word exalts means to raise or to display. The horn of his people, the word horn means the dominion. In other words, he will raise or he will display the dominion of his people. The word saints that's being used here is from the same Hebrew word that means holy. Therefore, it is a people called out and set apart. We would understand this as it would translate into the new covenant as those who are born again of water and spirit as well as, of course, living holy, inwardly and outwardly. And so you can see where I... Derived my title from. Because again, the verse could say, He also displays the dominion of His people. And we know who those people are because He says, It's the praise of all His saints, His holy ones, His anointed ones, New Testament, His born again ones, or elect, or church. This is why I would love to know who the psalmist was, because he saw the kingdom of God. He saw it unveiled. It was not a mystery. The veil was lifted, and he could see. And it's exactly what Jesus preached in Luke when Luke records, and Jesus said, the kingdom is within you. Now watch this, John 3, 3, look at this verse. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see. Everybody say see. That means to understand or perceive. Uh, most people, if we were to do a poll, I guarantee you the vast majority of people would say that they believe that that would mean that a person doesn't understand the, the simple truth of the plan of salvation. And in part, they would be right. But there's a deeper meaning. It means you cannot see or observe or perceive it until you're born again. Watch. Verse 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter 
into the kingdom of God. Again, if we were to take a poll, I would dare say the vast majority of people would say that this speaks of a yet-to-come event when the rapture would happen and we would enter eternity with God. And you would only be partially correct because its real meaning is to enter the kingdom now. His kingdom is not just coming. Yes, there is an everlasting component to his kingdom that will be fulfilled when this mortal takes on immortality and this corruptible takes on incorruption. But now as a born again believer as a spirit filled believer who according to Ephesians all the fullness of God dwells in I am an ambassador of the king of kings now on earth. This is why Jesus instructed us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Watch this. In earth as it is in heaven. It's not just on the earth. It's in the earthen vessel of who I am and who you are. It is the kingdom operating in me and through me. You see, this is the problem. We've got a lot of people that have subscribed to Pentecostalism. We've got a lot of people that this is how they think of it. It's Sunday. I'm at church. Check. The offering went by. Check. I gave. I prayed a little bit. Check. I sang with the praise team. Check. I'm going to help tomorrow with the harvest party. Check. And we look at our life as this check mark, merit system. I prayed an hour today. Woo! Because we're looking for something to come. We're looking for dominion to come when. And so we're living in our Pentecostal lifestyles with a when and then belief. When Jesus comes, then I'll. That's not what the Bible is all about. That's not what Jesus' kingdom is all about. When Jesus first came, (laughs) when it's time to display his dominion, Watch what he does. He goes down to the Jordan River. He says, John, you need to baptize me that all things might be fulfilled. By the way, Jesus didn't need to get baptized. He, he was perfect. The Holy Ghost hadn't been given anyway, so you can't use that element of baptism to compare to, the, to what we do. Okay, I'm just throwing that out there. I'll give you a deeper Bible story about that later. What he was fulfilling was the law. <laughs> because Jesus was our high priest. Forever after the order of Melchizedek, and a priest had to be cleansed. And he had to be cleansed by another priest, and John the baptizer was the son of a priest. Therefore, he's a priest, because under the Levitical order, my son, my descendant, is also a priest. Because it's a bloodline. 
That's why we are priests of God through the blood of Jesus. So, so Jesus had to be baptized by a priest, by the last prophet of the Old Testament to fulfill all things so that he could become the high priest to usher in a new covenant. Okay, so, but watch. Bible says he gets baptized. He comes up out of the Spirit, out of the water, filled with the Spirit. Okay? How many like that feeling, being filled with the Spirit? Amen. But watch this. Then it says, and, the, and it's the same Spirit, capital S, and the Spirit led him into, so Jeremy, come here. You're going to be Jesus for a minute. Jeremy, Jesus, J-E, J-E. I mean, close, right? Okay, right, all right. So watch. You've just come up. You're now baptized, filled with the Spirit. You love it. Woo, hallelujah, right? But the same Spirit says, come on, i got something for you. And the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. And so 40 days and 40 nights, he's tempted. By the way, he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Let me rephrase. I don't believe the temptation came until the last day. That's just my opinion. I don't have a Bible verse for that. That's in the Myron T. Powell commentary. You write whatever you want in your commentary. All right, so watch. Spirit comes, or the, the enemy comes to try to tr- trick him. And what's he do? It is written. He comes back around, tries another if, if you're the son of God, it is written. And he, and he tries another temptation, it is written. Get behind me, Satan. The Bible, watch this. He got filled with the Spirit, right, led by the Spirit, but watch. And the Bible says he came out of the spirit in the or out of the wilderness in the power of the spirit. Now watch, now watch. Okay? This front row we're going to pretend there's a whole bunch of demons here. They're not cuz Jesus is here. Okay? So so when Jesus would walk, demons would immediately You've come to tempt us before the time. Oh, oh, oh Lord. Oh God, leave us alone. Don't don't oh God. Jesus would say, shut up. That's, that's again, the Myron T. Bell commentary. Right? Do not speak. Right? Demons recognized the displayed dominion of one who had been led by the Spirit and was now walking in the power of the Spirit. All right. Okay, so, what God wants us to do is the same. This is how the baptism compares. When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, filled, he was filled, right? And we're led by the Spirit into things that cause us to unlearn what we need to unlearn and learn the truth, right? We we sometimes are tempted and Instead of being frustrated at those times in your life when you're being tempted, learn God is doing something, leading you through something because he wants to display his dominion, his power in you. Thank you. Does that make sense? And so we must Understand that we are called now. So Jesus comes out in the power of the Spirit, and his first message is repent. 
for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All through his ministry, he preaches and teaches about the kingdom. It's in the, it's in the Sermon on the Mount. It's in his parables. And after he resurrects from the dead and he is uh, going to ascend in a few days, he spends 40 more days and read it in Acts chapter 1, I think about verse 6, he's teaching them the principles of the kingdom. He bookends his ministry beginning and ending teaching about the kingdom and everything in between. We better know what the kingdom is because it's something we're operating in now. Oh, hallelujah. Psalm 22.3 says that God desires to inhabit, dwell in the praises of his people. I, you, who are born again, are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Y'all remember back about two or three months ago, standing right here, I had a couple of guys in front of me. A couple of guys behind, remember that? Grace and truth goes before us. Goodness and mercy follow us. You know what that is? Brother Chris Kahn helped me to understand it. One priest here. One priest here. One here. One here. Carrying the ark of the covenant. Well, if I'm now the temple of the Holy Spirit, the ark of the covenant is within. That means I am the holy of holies. I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm not trying to get you to walk out of here acting like you're all that in a bag of Fritos. What I'm trying to get you to understand is that you possess the kingdom of God within you. That means his mercy seat is within you. That means his instruction comes forth through you. That means he wants to display his dominion in you and through you. Not just on Sunday till about maybe 12.30, 1 o'clock on Sunday, and then we go home and we don't display it anymore. He wants to display it in our schools, on our jobs, everywhere we go. My Lord. I'm trying to hurry. By the way, inside that Ark of the Covenant was a copy of the law. That's God's principle. That's his word. Inside the, the copy, the copy Ark of a Covenant, the, the, the one that, and the reason I'm saying copy is that's what Hebrews calls it, copies of the heavenly things. Inside that was the pot of manna. That represents God's provision, his daily bread. Inside it was Aaron's rod that budded, representing God's promise, revealing that you're chosen to fulfill his purpose. So we have provision, we have principle, and we have promise in us. And while you're processing that, look at Matthew 5, 14. Put it up, please. This is Jesus speaking. Everybody take your pointy finger and point at yourself. It's, it's, it's you. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill, cannot be hidden. He wants his church. He wants his kingdom displayed. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, or on a, but on a candlestick, and it gives light to all 
that are in the house. God doesn't want you to have your little light back here where nobody can see it. He wants it to shine and display so that everybody can see it. And if you don't believe it, look at the next verse. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. God wants His dominion displayed through His church. So I have a question. Are you displaying? You see, God fills you with dominion. Therefore, you are equipped and empowered to display it on earth. We're about to go into a season There's songs that talk about the reason of the season is Christ, and I get it. And we say the reason he came was to be born so he could die, so he could save us. No. The real reason he came, salvation was a means to an end. He saved us so that he could display his dominion. That's what he wants. He doesn't just want people walk around and say, I'm saved. As if it's a merit or a badge or a check mark. He wants it so that it's displayed. So that others can see. Because gross darkness is filling the earth. People are confused. All this ism stuff going on in our world. People are confused. They don't know who they are. They don't, they, they don't understand. They're fearful. They're afraid. They're trying all sorts of things. There, there's, there's an association to the paranormal. You can see it in the movies. You can see it in what's coming out in books and, and this desire to try to reach for something, to try to understand for something. Even some charismatic churches are doing it. They're trying to reach for anything that has any kind of semblance of that spirit. And God is saying, if only my people would rise, would arise and shine the glory of the Lord would fill the earth. God wants to display His dominion in you, through you. So, so I have a question. Two of them, in fact. If you do not have the Holy Spirit today, would you repent and would you be born again today? And if you are born again, would you let the Lord give you a fresh impartation of anointing to display his dominion? I want you to think about that real quick. Brother Jeff, what is this? Are these? Keys. Keys. If I was to give this to you, this ring... It would give you access. It would give you authority. And the fact that I would give it to you would be a certain degree of anointing even from you to me. Now imagine I'm God and you're receiving keys. You're receiving access, authority, and anointing. Jesus one day said to his disciples, they had gone and they had seen great things happen, Sister Dana. 
They'd even seen demons subject to his name as they said it. They had watched demons be subject to him, but now all they did was Jesus' name, and they watched demons. And so they're like, wow, it works. Jesus said to them, I beheld Satan fall as lightning from heaven. Let me tell you what that means. Whenever the word was spoken, and there used to be a demon of fear and a principality of guilt, and you'll never be good enough. When the disciple came and said, in the name of Jesus, as fast as lightning streaks across the sky, that demon lost its authority, lost its place of power because they had access and they had authority and they had anointing. That's why Jesus said in that same passage, he said, Sister Jackie, he says, I give you power to tread on ha. serpents and scorpions. Serpents strike with their tail, scorpions with their mouth. So heads or tails, I win. But he also said this, I give you, King James just says, power over all the power of the enemy. The power we get is called authority, and the second power is the word ability. He's giving us authority over the enemy's ability. And so, here's what I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray a prayer of faith, and if you want the Holy Spirit, if you need it for the first time or the tenth time, or you want a divine impartation, I want you to stand right now. Because when we understand this, when we walk in this, you see, Isaiah, I believe it's 60, says, Arise, shine, for the, thy light has come, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you, for gross darkness covered the earth, right? It says, it goes on to say, Gentiles shall see the brightness of your rising. So the fact that you've stood, that's already, you've already rose. And again, the word, I will exalt the horn of his, he will exalt the horn of his people. I will, to, to rise or to display his dominion. What's gonna, here's, here's what's going to happen. I'm just going to prophesy right now. Some of you have neighbors, coworkers, friends, that when you step out of this building today and you walk in that displayed dominion of God, you're going to get phone calls. You're going to get text messages. You're going to have people say to you at work tomorrow. You're going to have a, a, a restaurant people today. If you go there, something's different about you. You're going to have people asking you, can you tell me what this is? You're going to have, listen, you're going to have people ask you, can you give me a Bible study? And we're going to go from 115 to a whole bunch more. Because they're going to see something is different. Some of us are going to see Brother Lucas when he comes back, and, and he's going to look different to us because we will not have seen him for a month. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus talked about observing things with our eyes. And, and you, he told the, the Pharisees, you could see things, you know, observe the signs, but you can't see the kingdom. Well, you're going to see the kingdom. Are you ready? Lord Jesus, we repent, first of all. And God cleanse us from all unrighteousness.
Change our way of thinking, God, that is not in alignment with your word. And help us, God, that we would be holy and pure and right according to your word. We pray like David, creating us a clean heart, renewing us a right spirit. Restore the joy of your salvation. Take not your Holy Spirit from us. We pray that. And God, some today need it for the first time, and some need a divine impartation with courage to walk in this anointing you've given. And so we repent, and we say that we are about to receive, and we make ourselves available in Jesus' name. Now, before I pray, I want to tell you what is about to happen. This has been confirmed by some men of God that I trust, men of God that are elders and and even some that are peers in my life. It, It has been confirmed in many, many events that I've been in recently in the last six months that the presence of God and his angels have been seen sometimes physically and felt uh, always. But what has also been seen and felt by little children and adults is that if you could imagine the perimeter of the, the roof line peeled back and over that balcony, you might say, are angels peering in, looking upon us, seeing how will they respond. About a month ago in a prayer meeting for the men, God spoke a word that said, you don't have to be worthy, you have to be willing, obedient, and faithful. So if you're willing right now, I want you to lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, on the authority of your word, what you have put into my spirit and what I believe you're about to do in this entire congregation, I release from heaven that which you have planted within me and within your people. For the power of God that does exceeding and abundantly already works within us. Now give us the key to access it and activate it. I release it in the name of Jesus. Jesus, I prophesy that you shall live and declare the works of the Lord. I prophesy to the wind to blow to the Spirit of God to fill you with the anointing to walk in His authority. If you've never spoken in tongues, I release the Holy Ghost upon you right now to receive it and speak it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Let God minister right now. Let God touch you right now. Speak it by faith right now. Step into it right now. Come on, just thank you for a moment. I'm not trying to rush and or I'm not trying to linger. I'm just, I just want to flow for just a minute. So come on, just thank him for a moment. Come on, God's ministering right now. I know we got kids. I know we got lunch schedules. I know we got other things. But for just a moment, just a moment, come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ha ye akoto lolo bo shatai. 
Come on, there's a fresh anointing right now. There's a fresh anointing right now. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, that's it. There it is, right there. Come on, there's a little wave right there coming, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hallelujah. Mm, 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 mm. Display your dominion in us. Display your dominion in us, oh God. We're willing. We're faithful. We're obedient. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to hear this. But just look around for a minute and see your neighbor next to you, somebody around you. Just take a look, right? You got spouse, family, friends, right? Everybody say, I'm a sheep. Right? We're the sheep of the pasture of the Lord, right? Pastor Trevor, sheep among sheep are easy. Because you're feeling something, it's rubbing off on me. I look over, she's feeling something, and she's feeling something, and he's feeling something, and they're feeling something, and... Sheep among sheep are easy, but watch what Jesus said. Behold, I send you out as sheep among wolves. It's in there, trust me. I'm not making it up. Now, Shannon, you might think, well, why would God say that? A shepherd would not willingly put his sheep in harm's way. So if he's sending us out as sheep among wolves, he knows we're going to be protected. So now more than ever, you can understand why the sign might say service is dismissed because in some sense this service is, but the kingdom deployment is never dismissed. And so you're deployed. As sheep among wolves who have access, authority, and anointing. Watch, watch. Brother Jeff, this happened one day when, when the displayed dominion happened. Paul and Silas started singing. Not only did their chains break, right? But the prisoners around them, their chains broke because dominion was displayed. And an angel came down and says, I got the key to unlock. Oh, come on, somebody. You're going to start displaying dominion. You're going to start unlocking some things. Watch. Some of you are going to start reading your Bible tomorrow, and you're going to be like, whoa, I never saw that before. It's because a key of knowledge is unlocking some things. Hear me, I'm not just saying this to be funny. I could keep preaching all day because it's so much in me. I'm like Jeremiah, fire, shut up in my bones. But God wants you to know I'm deploying you as sheep among wolves to walk out of here with authority, with access, and anointing. 
So go to the grocery store. Go to Nebraska City. Go to Blair. Go to wherever you're going today and walk in the authority of God. You are deployed as a kingdom ambassador. Service is dismissed. You're deployed. Put it up. Because if I don't, I'm going to keep preaching. 